Welcome to Energy Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are. Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and threads for more great Titans content. We got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by seeing them in Lebanon or online, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better uh, better, uh, service and uh, customer service right there and rates for you at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. The Aura app, keeping you safe online and get a two-week free trial with our link, aura.com slash ATOZ, and our friends at Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations in Middle Tennessee, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. Their website is KrebsKubota.com. So, Zach, we'll talk about mail later on. Uh, I did see, uh, I think, it, I can't remember who it was. I started the comic. No, Nate. Nate's burner said, Corey Davis finally got that restraining order against Zach. That's the mail that you, that you got there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't, you don't have to worry, Corey. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I do know this. Corey Davis's uh, permanent address is uh, prob. I think, maybe in the same zip code that you're in. So, uh, not that far away. Not that far away. I don't, I don't want to harm Corey. Corey, I don't want to harm. It was. It's just <laughs> been a criticism of your career. That is a fifth overall pick. That's a huge responsibility. And the Titans put that on you and you couldn't deliver over uh, the link. Now you made a lot of money and I'm sure you're happy. He's a nice guy, all that stuff. But uh, I will stand by being correct on Corey Davis for the rest of my days. We digress. All right. So the Tennessee Titans, we talked through it all day Monday. A lot of great shows reacting and articles of the A to Z has produced. Uh, reacting to the Titans thumping of the Bengals 27 to three. How they do it, is it sustainable? That's going to be the topic uh, for today. But first, let's start, you know, both sides of the ball dominated Cincinnati, right? 27 points uh, in a win, three touchdowns in the second quarter alone. It's been a long time since the Tennessee Titans have scored three touchdowns in a single quarter, let alone 24 points in a single half. Uh, I think I, you have to go Packers, back. Packers, maybe? Uh, no, the Packers, they didn't do that. Uh, that was a full game to get to 27. Uh, I, I want to say you have to go back. I know the last time they scored 30 was against the Miami Dolphins. <clears throat> I, I think the last time they had three point or three touchdowns in a quarter was against that Chiefs game that I said that this game was reminiscent of uh, when they did that in 2021, which I want to say I heard somebody say was 28 games ago, uh, regular season games ago for the Titans before since they'd done that. So great on offense. Also really good on defense, only allowing three points from Joe Burrow and the Bengals. That what came on the opening drive and then lockdown shutdown from there on out. And I thought one of the most interesting stats is that the Titans defense gave up zero X plays. X plays has been one of those uh, hot terms in football, explosive plays of 20 yards or more that are allowed. The Titans gave up zero of them. The Bengals had two plays to Jamar Chase that went 17 yards each, one on that first drive and then one on their last drive. Uh, really didn't do any damage, but Christian Fulton, uh, who struggled this season giving up X plays, was talking in the locker room afterwards on what the Titans were able to do defensively and how they didn't allow any X plays. Limited explosive plays today against an offense that you know can take advantage of. It. Yeah, uh, it was huge for us. We know um, our coaches showed us a stat. You know, uh, 
But it's like, well, we gave up 17 X plays and out of uh, 400 snaps or whatever it was we played that we were pretty good defense, you know. So with us limiting the X plays, we, we limit those plays. We had a chance, you know, to get off the field early, you know, and get the ball back to the offense. And, you know, it just become complimentary, you know, with us being all together on one page. How much did you guys take advantage of Burrow's lack of mobility by getting after him up front and then mm -hmm. Obviously, that makes the receivers have to run shorter routes if you yeah. can't get set up and throw deep. Yeah, uh, it was big for us, you know. Uh, we trusted the game plan. That's all it was. You know, uh, the coaches put, uh, you know, the guys up front, you know, in position, you know, to rush the quarterback, which means the guys on the outside, you know, I commend those guys, you know, uh, being locked in this week, you know, having to be tight on tight in coverage. Uh, you know, so that was that was big for us. So there's Christian Fulton. I'm going to come back to the Joe Burrow aspect of that. But Christian Fulton talking about getting off the field early and not giving up X plays and Vrabel talking about the stat and how good they can be if they eliminate X plays. I think it kind of clicked with me when I heard him talk about that the first time is that that makes complete sense of why the Titans defense is really good in the red zone. Because the red zone is 20 yards and in and the Titans give up X plays that are 20 yards or more, but they're pretty good in every other aspect when they don't give up X plays. So. Red zone success, bend but not break. They're good in the in the phone booth, that analogy, but they struggle in the middle of the field, but they were really good against the Bengals in tackling overall and what they were able to do to limit uh, what otherwise is typically an explosive offense uh, with several different pass catchers and weapons. Usually, I don't say every single time, but X, play, X plays define an offense, right? I mean, that's the NFL. Those are big plays that flip the field and – usually yield points right and for the x plays that have happened against you know the tennessee titans defense a lot of them have yielded points for the opposition i do think and we talked about this yesterday that joe burrow's calf and it was said in the question hindered the x plays and it had hindered the x plays prior to them even coming to nashville for all the statistics that we saw from Joe Burrow throwing 15 plus yards down the field, he was not very good. He still was not very good in Nashville. I do think that there's a percentage of that that has to do with Burrow, but that's not to take away. The Bengals have good wide receivers, right? When you're talking yeah. about wide receivers versus cornerback, that also is a mano a mano battle. And the Titans defenders in their secondary did a pretty damn good job against. Jamar Chase and and some really talented wide receivers. Can they keep that up? I mean, that, that's a question we'll ask here shortly. But Christian Fulton, which is the funniest part about who was talking about X plays, because he has been the worst at yeah. giving up said X plays. Well, a Curtis on YouTube says, did Fulton do anything? My response to that comment is exactly. That's what you should be asking about Christian Fulton every game. Did Christian Fulton do anything today? <laughs> because if you haven't asked that question, you're probably not noticing ha having to tackle receivers well, 20 yards down the field. Does that, you know see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. Yes and no. You And this is, we, we've talked about this before. The problem with Christian Fulton is he was drafted probably to be a number two corner because of Caleb Farley trying to be number one. Well, Fulton he was before should. Farley. Fulton was drafted before Farley, so chronologically, no. Fulton was drafted to be Fair, a number one but, corner. Uh, a complimentary yes. corner after after Caleb Farley was drafted well, maybe, because maybe that Christian was going Fulton, to 
that was going uh, to Jackson was still around for a little bit of that too. So, okay. Yeah. But, and towards the end, he showed, he didn't show up very well last night uh, in a giant uniform either. But uh, I guess my point is Christian Fulton needs to be noticed, but he needs to be noticed by making X plays himself by turning the football over. Right. We saw that more really early on in his very young career in his rookie year. And we really haven't seen much of that since we've seen him on the other side. So I, you're, you're taking kind of like the offensive lineman analogy is if we're not talking about Andre Dillard, that's good. Good for Andre yeah, Dillard. I, but the for same thing is, play, especially where Christian Fulton is, he needs to be talked about on the other side of the ball, breaking up passes, you know, on third down, picking guys off, being that think, shut down <laughs> corner per se that everybody talks about. I still think with Christian Fulton, the same, like Kevin Byard is a very quiet player a lot of games. Why? Because he's not in the TV broadcast. The TV broadcast zoomed in on the box and it kind of goes to where the football goes in the pass play. Kevin Byard's back there erasing a lot of stuff, right? Amani Hooker's noticeable because he's up in the box making plays in the run game because that's his role. It, I, my point is, if Christian Fulton is on the TV broadcast, less often that is a good thing right that means he's eliminating an attempt he's eliminating a target and eventually what defensive coordinators and teams want is for the quarterback not to throw his way that's what i'm saying that's when you get to another level and christian felton is far from that doesn't mean that he can't improve but that is when you get to the level of you don't want to throw to that side. They do that with Jalen Ramsey, right? They do that with a very few guys in the NFL. You don't want to throw his way. That's why they're less noticeable, and that's why they're paid so much. Yeah, A to Z Sports here live. Let's talk about the other side of the of the ball. What allowed the Titans to have success offensively? That's a big deal here. What allowed the Titans to have success offensively? We'll hear from one of those other players that you probably don't want to notice in games. But first, Zach, tell everybody about our friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, FBHP.com is where to go to get your new health plan. I've got my health plan. I endorse Farmer Health Plans because I believe in Farmer Health Plans. Right here in Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, whether you live in Memphis, you can live in Knoxville, Clarksville, Cookville, Chattanooga, it doesn't matter. They are all over the state, 200 plus locations. Health, dental, and vision, how it works is you call or you go online at FBHP.com slash A to Z and you get a health assessment. That is the first notion that you have got to do that's kind of first check mark once you check that out you answer a bunch of questions openly and honestly they give you a quote that quote tells you your coverage and your price monthly well when i got mine it was substantially lower than what i was paying with my previous plan i went ahead and made that decision to switch to farmer health plans so should you visit fbhp.com slash a to z and check out your health plan your new health plan today with BetMGM, you can win big with our first bet offer by using our code ATOZ Sports. That's ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM the first time and go big with your first bet because you can win up to $1,500 in bonus bets back if your first bet misses. So swing big. Titans are plus one and a half against the Colts. So if you think the Titans can beat the Colts in Indy, where Indy is owing two currently, that's plus 100 on the money line for the Titans. Not a bad idea to double your money on a first bet with BetMGM when you know you're going to get whatever you spent in bonus bets 
right after that as well. So check that out with bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with the BetMGM app. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualification, other requirements. First online rule money wager. Only rewards issued and knowledgeable bonus bets. Bonus bets inspiring seven days. And for problem game sport, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. Zach, uh, I think the Titans offensive success relies on one thing and one thing only. And that is what Aaron Brewer touched on uh, yesterday in his Monday press conference. And I'll dive into a little deeper after. Everybody on their job, like everybody's winning their one-on-ones. Everybody's out there playing fast, flying around and just being aggressive. And so when everybody winning their one-on-ones, I can have positive results. Yeah, roll that into further games to be more consistent. Yeah, I'll just say like, seeing what we did that day, like, like making your games off the positive things you did. So like you seeing what worked. So like whatever you were doing, like stay in that mode and just keep enhancing whatever you were doing. That was working. That's how I feel about it. It was working for the Titans on uh, offense, running the football and passing the football, having over 400 yards of total offense. That was Aaron Brewer discussing winning one-on-ones on the, at, at the offensive line level. And that allows other players on the offense to win their one-on-ones, which means DeAndre Hopkins picks up three first downs on third down on Sunday. NWI catches some key passes. Derrick Henry's got room to run. Tajay Spears has room to run. And you score 27 points. So winning one-on-ones is huge. But Zach, I want to take it a step further. The Titans' offensive success relies on early down success and being positive on first down. A lot of teams in the NFL can win in second and long. The Titans are not very good at winning in second and long. They need to be good on first and 10 to set up second and medium, to set up third and manageables if they get to third down at all. And that's indicative of their two and two record. Two wins, good on third down. Two losses, atrocious on third down. And winning your one-on-one battles allows you to play in second and six and then allows you to play in third and two. Can you get there consistently? You know, I think... That's the hardest part and has been the hardest part for the Tennessee Titans. Now, they've done that for a period of time. I mean, they've had success because they've had Derrick Henry. They have had the – but but when they get in trouble, Austin, I think this is what you're alluding to, they get in deep trouble because they – on third and 13, you're dead in the water. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, has helped – that third down rate, right? I mean, you can just tell from the conversions. That's what he does. That's what DeAndre Hopkins, that's why they're paying him the money that they're paying him is to kind of get out of jail free card on third down. But we haven't seen, I mean, in certain in certain times, especially last week, you didn't see a lot of third and fifth teams. And how do you get into that mode? I was actually going to make the reference of the New York Giants later in the show, but I'll go ahead and do it now. Yeah. The Titans, like, like, uh, it's kind of like the poor man's Giants or the poor man's Titans or the Giants. The Giants can't get into third and long because they are dead in the water. Daniel Jones can't get them out of that situation. The problem, if you watched last night, and there's a lot of problems, the Giants penalize themselves. They shoot themselves in a foot. They're undisciplined. So they put themselves in that position, whether they are lost plays or loss of two on a run or their penalties that's the type of and not every team is like that buffalo can get out of those situations miami can get out of those situations dallas can get out of those situations philadelphia kansas city the list goes on there are teams out there 
that can get out of those situations. The Titans are not one of those teams. Right. If they stay disciplined, that's why they've got a good head coach in Mike Vrabel, then it's really about execution about on that those first and second downs to get them into favorable situations to move the sticks. Yeah, no doubt about that. Totally agree. I've got an interesting stat about the NFL this season, and then we'll get to our questions. So, Zach, I want to ask you this, see if you know it. The Giants are one of two teams through four weeks this, this season who have not taken a single snap with the lead all year. I'll say it again. The, tight, the Giants are one of two teams this season to not take a snap with the lead the entire season. Who is the other team? To not take a single snap, offense or defense, with a lead in four games. The well, Giants it's be a de- and a, a defeated. Well, the Giants have won. No. The Giants have won a game. Yeah, the yeah, right. But it was in what they it was an overtime, right? So they had a walk off. Or it was a it was a late game win where they won on it was tied and they won in the last snap. That's that's the other crazy thing about this stat. Uh, the Commanders. No, it's the New York Jets because they oh, won. The Jets. I went the other and way. They won in Week One on the overtime punt return walk off, and they didn't lead in that game either when Aaron Rodgers went down. The Giants and the Jets are the two teams that have never led in a game and taken a snap with the lead. Not nuts. That is crazy for this point in the season. It just yeah. tells Four you. Four games? And those two teams have problems. I mean, they're. <laughs> yeah, and they're both playing in the same stadium. You can't blame the turf and MetLife on that. You, I, you, you got me with the overtime thing because the Commanders is probably the stupidest guess ever. But <laughs> you got me with the overtime thing because I, I kind of got my, my mind scrambled because I was like, the defeated teams, like the Bears, I know they were leading the Bears the and the Panthers, like, right, have both held a lead at some point this year, but those two New York teams have not. Because the Panthers were beating the Vikings, so I knew it wasn't the defeated yeah. teams. So, uh, I don't know. That's well, that's we'll, a crazy stat, right? Shout out Robert Walsh, uh, Buck Rising A to Z primetime producer for that one. I thought that was insane. I don't know where he got it, but he was the one I heard it from. Uh, so, all right. So, Zach, let's go ahead and get back on the Titans here with our question uh, today. We've talked a lot about the defensive success and the offensive success against the Bengals to win 27-3. Is that version of the Titans sustainable or not? It's a very open-ended question with a simple yes or no answer, but is it sustainable or not? Uh, So we want to get to all of you guys here in the comments to really get you guys, a couple of you guys were correct on the uh, Jets trivia right there, but is it sustainable or not? But first, Aura, I'll tell you what, that's sustaining me getting less junk mail. And maybe, Zach, uh, you need to get your uh, mailbox protected from that mail shade you got later on with the Aura app. But Aura has saved me a lot of time and annoyance by eliminating data brokers from selling my information to telemarketers and spammers and robocallers. I get way less spam calls. I think I've only gotten like one spam call in the last three weeks uh, with Aura protecting me, and they constantly check for data brokers who are gaining my info and selling my info to, to strip away that on my behalf. It took five or six days for Aura to identify and release my info from 30 data brokers, five or six days, and we're giving you a two-week free trial for Aura services using our link only, Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. That's our link only, 
Aura.com slash ATOZ for a two-week free trial. Then you can use the credit identity theft monitoring uh, platform. They've also got password manager and protector. It's a big deal these days. So check them out and get a two-week free trial at Aura.com slash ATOZ. A to Z Sports, we are powered by BetMGM. I did not have the same success that I had before this weekend last night. Uh, Man, I thought the Giants were going to play a little bit better, but I should have known that. I should have known that stat, to be honest. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports for new users. They are the king of sportsbooks. Download the app in your Apple or Android store today. All right. Is the Titans week four version of themselves? Is it sustainable or not? Zach, I'll send you to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch chat to see what uh, the people are saying this morning. Let's see. Steven says not. So does Tank Sinatra. Lou Man says it is. IR says no, it is not sustainable. Matt says yes, definitely sustainable from Orlando, not from Tighten Up. Noah says yes. Tighten Up Ohio says yes. Jody says absolutely. Anthony says not. Deshaun Washington says yes, no. Sad face uh, emoji from Stephen King. Dylon says not. Yes, it actually is from Zoe. Got a couple of yeses coming in from Mr. Jones, Larry, and DeMarco. No's from Guy, Eric, Rooney. Uh, nah from Jay. Eric says yes. Yes, they adapted and can continue to evolve from Reitz. I hope that's not my eighth grade Latin teacher, Mr. Reitz, who I could not stand. I hope that's a different Reitz. Uh, it is uh, It is sustainable from Jaron. Uh, Lone Walker says not. There's shade on Reitz. I may bring up Reitz later in the show. F that guy. Uh, Lane says, yes, you got to hit the the big X plays. And the Titans were able to get more X plays. The two wins, they've been able to achieve X plays, right? I mean, the big X plays against the Chargers in Moore and Burks. And you saw those X plays in the second quarter, more of them uh, against the Bengals. So I, it's it's kind of semi-split. I do think that maybe it is more no sustainable. I don't know. It's pretty even. It's close to 50-50. Uh, and Reitz is 22. Good thing. Hey, Reitz, way to go. You're young. You're young man. Don't be like Mr. Reitz, my former Latin teacher. I, um, uh, I guess uh, he, his father's probably Mr. Reitz. Does your does your dad know Latin, Reitz? Let me know if your dad knows Latin. If he knows Latin, we got, I got more questions on the way. Do uh, you Austin, know Latin, Zach? Uh, no. That's because a story for another time. That's a story for another time. Uh, I'll tell that story at the end of the show about okay. my eighth grade Latin experience, which is absolute and utter BS, in my opinion. It really gets me fired up, gets my blood boiling. Clearly. But Austin, is this sustainable or not. Yeah, 20 years later, Zach's still fired up over Latin class. Oh, yeah, um, I'll never forget about that. Uh, so this is really tough, Zach. Like, because honestly, my answer is going to be no. My my final answer is no. I'll tell you, I'll kind of now show my work on my math class. I was I was pretty good at math, but I never took Latin. So I think the two outcomes in week three and week four were the perfect opponents for the Titans strengths and weaknesses, right? Because the Browns strengths attack the Titans weaknesses on both the defense and the offense, miles Garrett and the Browns front 
just dismantled uh, the Titans O-line and the Browns weapons and Deshaun Watson ability to extend plays attacked the Titans weakness on defense of giving up explosive plays. And they won that game. Then the Bengals, their weaknesses are their lack of ability to push the ball down the field because of Joe Burrow's calf injury and other situations. And the Bengals' weakness is their run defense. Averaging over five yards a carry allowed going into that game where Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears had the room they wanted. So my answer is no, it's not sustainable because I think in back-to-back games, on paper, the Bengals look strong and the Browns are strong, but the Bengals are paper Bengals. You catch what I did there. I, I, I don't think that's truly how the Titans can perform every week. With It depends on the opponent. Right. That's that's what I think. And I'll go back to what Christian Fulton said when I think it was Terry McCormick followed up and asked, you know, did Joe Burrow's lack of mobility help you guys not allow X plays? And Arden Key was on 3HL yesterday on the zone and said that they knew Joe Burrow was a sitting duck back there and they treated him that way. They got after him in the middle. No X plays allowed. T Higgins broke a rib. He was out. Jamar Chase was frustrated cussing after the game. Right now, who they have on Sunday in Indy. Anthony Richardson, the opposite of a sitting duck. That guy is a flying bird in the in the back in the pocket. How how are you going to adjust? Anthony Richardson's mobility is more like Deshaun Watson's in week three than what they saw in Joe Burrow in week four. So can you take a mobile quarterback in Anthony Richardson and make him pay for his mistakes, unlike you're able to do with Deshaun? Can the Titans defensive backs hold up and guard for five seconds like they couldn't do against Cleveland because Richardson has the ability to extend the play. That's where I I say, no, I don't think it's sustainable. I think the offensive output is actually more sustainable than the defensive only allowing three points. And you know what? I agree with you because the offensive output and I, it's Tajay Spears. I think Tajay Spears is a huge lift to this offense. I think it is something that they've never had that keeps defenses on their toes. And they're still trying to figure out how to defend both Tajay Spears, a talented running back, and Derrick Henry, a talented running back. And that is helping the offense, even without Traylon Burks. And really, without Chig doing a damn thing. Chig has more in the tank than he has shown in four games. It's still, it's still, but this early. was, but this was always going to be Chig's role. He was never going to be a high volume role player. And I think if uh, this was me, Sam and Jack, in one of our season previews, we tried to rank who has the most volume after Derrick Henry and touches. Everybody thought D hop was two. I thought Tajay Spears had a chance to be two behind Derrick over D hop because of his running and catching ability. And that's pretty close. I'll pull up the numbers, but Chig was always going to be fifth in that touches because of the offensive setup. I think it's all about scheme. Uh, And it goes to what the Falcons are dealing with. Why is Kyle Pitts not getting the football? Uh, Johnny Smith nearly had 100 yards. Huh? Johnny Smith nearly had 100 yards. Why is Kyle Pitts not? I don't know. Kyle Pitts is a lot better than Johnny Smith. One of the funniest tweets I saw over the weekend was, uh, we're just 11 months away from people uh, complaining about Brock Bauer's lack of targets in fantasy football. I mean, well, and Kyle, I have Kyle Pitts on my fantasy team, so I, I will disclose <laughs> that. Full yes. disclosure. It's like one of those things on 60 Minutes when CBS is like, 
we own actually we have the rights to this book that we're doing a full feature on to sell more yeah. books to make yeah. more money <laughs> so full disclosure Kyle Pitts is on my fantasy team I don't like his productivity I watch Falcons games because of Kyle Pitts Desmond Ritter has his own problems but I do believe that Tim Kelly he he has to figure his bag out when yep. it comes to Chig that will still come so my answer, I do agree with you. It's not sustainable. It's really hard to be sustainable in the NFL. Certain yep. teams are, but I think with the quarterback play and the style that the Titans run, it's really hard to be sustainable because what you're doing is you're putting a lot of pressure on a singular player that's not a quarterback. You're putting a lot of pressure on Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry doesn't perform, and on top of Derrick Henry, and it goes to what you started with, you're putting a lot of pressure on the front four. You brought up Anthony Richardson. You're not going to get the same pressure on Anthony Richardson as you did with Joe Burrow because Anthony Richardson's going to run away from you. And that's going to make it harder on Christian Fulton and the boys to hold for that five, six seconds, as you mentioned. So, no, it's not sustainable. I think that the Titans, what they are trying to do, if and I don't think they would admit this to you, but throughout the course of the season, the Titans are trying to find their true identity, improve at certain spots. Like, I'll give you a couple examples. They really need Andre Dillard to improve. They really need Peter Sikorowski to come back and improve. They need NPF to come in, and if he's available – to give him that surge. They need Kyle Phillips to improve. They need their secondary and their corners to improve. Mm -hmm. But overall, this season is justified of winning the division and disrupting a team in the, the playoffs, if you make it that far, and maneuvering through. It's a long season. Austin, I said this after the first game of the season, or, yeah, when they played really, really bad. And again, when they played against uh, the, the Cleveland Browns. They all, it's I mean, a they bad mean, game. This past Sunday was a good game. You're not going to play those every single week. I, I also think the Titans really didn't play that bad against New Orleans. Ryan Tannehill played awful, right? And you lost by well, one on so the road. So when your quarterback plays bad, yes. you play bad. Right. Uh, so I, I think I kind of want to get to the a follow-up on this because – I do think it's worth the continued conversation and you know, we'll get to the Titans the roster moves they made uh, yesterday as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of touched on it, but I want Zach, you to touch on a little bit, which is more sustainable, the Titans offense versus the Bengals or the Titans defense versus the Bengals. And we can kind of look down the road and seeing, you know, which we have more confidence and, and, and how, and which is more important for them to sustain. Uh, but first the bone and joint Institute, uh, that's where you should turn for any type of injury uh, that you have in life. That's a major inconvenience. Don't let it be a lingering inconvenience and go get it checked out with our friends at the bone and joint Institute. It's super easy to set an appointment. Uh, you go to their website, boneandjointtn.org. You click the make an appointment button. You tell them, Hey, my foot's hurting my hip, my knee. And it automatically sorts the, the experts uh, that deal with that particular injury. And then you make an appointment that fits your schedule. You see them in Franklin and the rest they take care of. Very easy, very convenient. Don't let that injury linger. Go find them at the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. A to Z Sports, we are powered by BetMGM. 
Download the BetMGM app today. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports. They're the king of sportsbook. And when you use BetMGM, this is the great part, up to $1,500 back to bonus bets if your first bet misses for new users. So download the app today. We love BetMGM. Get in on the action. All right, so which is more sustainable, the Titans' week four defense or the Titans' week four offense? I find this interesting because I think, Zach, we all agree watching this show, the Titans' defense is stronger than the Titans' offense, you know, on average, right? Any given week, you roll it out there, you expect more out of Titans' defense. But which of these performances is more sustainable in your opinion? I guess I look at, like, what has been worse, and I think we did this. It was as the have the corners been worse than the offensive line? Because I think those are the two linchpins of both sides of the ball. So to justify this answer, I think you have to say which is worse. I think my my struggle is out of the secondary versus the offensive line. Let's go singular. Who is the worst player? And we're just not pulling any punches. Let's just be honest. Who's the worst player out of those particular players? Andre Dillard is probably the worst full-time starter the Titans have. Now, they do have NPF in the background that could play at some point, so there is some relief, but it's Dillard. You're, You're correct. It's Andre Dillard. And Austin, I think two things. Andre Dillard is going to go up against a difficult pass rush pretty consistently. This is the NFL. Everybody has guys that can rush the passer. And then guys that maybe are not your Khalil Max that can get six sacks a game or, you know, the, the big well, he, dog. He, he or, did go, but he gave up three sacks against the Chargers. Or Trey Hendrickson. You know, it, he had one, which one is better than two but or three and a half or three and a half but I, I i don't think that the titans offense is sustainable because austin since 2020 have they really been sustainable since offensive line on the offensive line offense since, you know you you oh. said who what's more sustainable offense or defense the titans offense has not been sustainable whether we like it or not since that 2020 output when you know, you had the 1,000-yard receiver in A.J. Brown, the 2,000-yard rusher, and the yeah. almost-there Corey Davis. I mean, they were basically the 2,000 uh, Rams in 2020 uh, with, with the stats they were putting up on the points they were scoring. So here's – I'm actually going to disagree. I think the Titans' offense versus – the like that game versus the Bengals, I think is more sustainable than the than – the, you yeah. think they can score 27 points consistently? I think I think they're going to I think they're more likely to continue to score 27 than they are to only allow 3. Yeah. I think from what the, from these week well, four yeah, I mean 3 what, is they gave up is, on that game too. I mean the Bengals were out of it towards the end. I uh, they no their second best drive of the whole game was the last drive. They didn't give up. They just weren't very good and the Titans defense was very good. So here's my point though is because as bad as Dillard has been which it's been awful. It, it, he is still on pace to be worse than Dennis Daly. But when you, we look at the schedule, the like the four pass rushes from these first four opponents are pretty damn elite. Like they're going to get a break against the Colts, considering the last four games they played of defensive fronts. 
like the Ravens have a talented defensive front, but this is not like uh, Terrell Suggs and, you know, the dominance of with Haloti Nada back at, you know, 10 years ago. It's a good defense, but it's not the Bengals with Hendrickson or Garrett or Bosa and Mack or what the Saints do with their old men's strength. The Falcons defense, you know, is, you know, uh, not that. The Steelers, TJ Watt, that's the one coming up, right? But you don't have to be an elite pass rusher to get past Andre Dillard. No, but I think, but we saw the Titans with Trey Hendrickson, who is probably one of the more underrated pass rushers in the league, not debilitate the Titans offense. And they put up 400 yards of offense uh, against with Trey Hendrickson, trying his damnedest to do everything to make it look like it was Monday night against the Rams. And you have to give Dillard credit. He wasn't terrible. He gave up, he gave up a sack. He let Hendrickson cross his face and hit Henry in the backfield once. Other than that, it was pretty good. But look at the quarterbacks. You know, I think that's where I start to be concerned is the quarterbacks coming up or less like Joe Burrow's sitting duck. Richardson, Lamar, Kenny Pickett, we'll have to figure out what he looks like. Desmond Ritter, we know, is struggling. Kenny Pickett got hurt. Baker's somehow making some things work, and we know he can be difficult to sack. Trevor Lawrence, Bryce Young, Richardson again, Two in that offense, and C.J. Stroud is looking really clean. Now, that's a long way away, but they're playing quarterbacks moving forward who all have ability to make you pay for missing the sack. The Titans got after Deshaun Watson. They got close to sacking him like seven times. They only sacked him three. And those other four times they missed, he made them pay for missing. And so that I think they're more likely – to miss a few sacks a game and give up big plays after that. The worst part about the Titans team is probably their offensive line. Wouldn't you say? What's the best part about the Titans team? The defensive line. That's why I am hedging and saying, I believe in the Titans front four and Mike Vrabel's coaching ability of those front four and singularly Jeffrey Simmons, right? So that... That has been more consistent over time. That's why I justify my answer where the defense is more sustainable because it's better and it has the singular best feature of the entire team, which is four players. It's not just one. It's not just Derrick Henry because we've seen Derrick Henry get shut down. Very rarely do we see all four Titans pass rushers get shut down. That's my but, point. But my my point is they play more quarterbacks who are similar to Watson's skill set where the defensive line won. Here's the difference. Aaron Brewer just talked about it. We played the clip. You win your one-on-one battles, you have a chance to win in the NFL. The Titans won their one-on-one battles across the board, offensive and defensively, against Cincinnati. And, they, and the defensive line won a lot of one-on-one battles against the Browns but they missed Deshaun Watson. And when you win your one-on-one battle against your O-lineman, you have to win the battle against the quarterback or you allow the quarterback to extend the play and now Christian Fulton and Sean Murphy Bunting give up a 30-yard play. It's two That's sides of the point. coin, though. When the Titans can run the football, they're good on offense. But what happens, Austin, when they can't? They're disastrous. They can't score nine effing points. That's what happens. That's yes, the no, point. So fair. like that, and and that is we've seen that a lot more. Let's just be honest, Austin. That when they because defenses are queuing to try to stop the run because they're a running football team. 
So the, I'm, I'm trying to use as much logic as oh, I can. Sure. And I'm not saying you're not, but defensively, I'll go, I'll bet on the front four. And I'll also bet that defenses are going to try to stop the run. And when they stop the run against the Tennessee Titans, they are handcuffed like, you know, like you're in the back of a cop car. No, I don't disagree. So I want to get to a super chat before we move on to a couple of roster moves that were pretty interesting from the Titans yesterday. Andre uh, says the Chargers game is how the Titans probably look. Injured Burrow allowed the defense to run wild. Can the OC and DC adapt in a game versus a game plan? Uh, working is in question. Uh, so you know, if if I, I kind of agree, we're trying to figure out what are the Titans. They're they're not twenty seven to three over the Bengals, and they're not three to twenty seven against the Browns. They're probably somewhere in the middle. And how close is the to is the Chargers' performance awesome. to the middle? We know what they are, guys. We th- we know that they're not a twenty seven point offense. We also know that they're not a three point defense. They are a 20 to 17 last second field goal team. That's what they are. It's going to come down to two minutes and Mike Vrabel's defense is either going to make a play or the Titans offense is going to have to make a play with Derrick Henry off the field. Uh, We've watched this team long enough. We're smart enough, guys. We know what they are. We, We should be asking about it. This is just a, this is the top of it. And this is the bottom of it. We've seen both in a shoot a few short weeks but they're a 20 to 17 team. Yeah, I, I think I think that the what to Andre's point, the Titans having 350-ish yards of total offense and giving up 350-ish yards on defense and winning a close game because they made some stops and forced some field goals is is kind of it. And they give up some explosive plays but lock down tight, like they did against Keenan Allen and Mike Williams uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears combined to average four yards a carry. That's probably about right. They ran for over 100 yards, and Tannehill uh, was sacked some, but was able to make some plays. That is probably more of what the Titans are than anything, uh, I think. One last thing. To make the difference from them going to be a 20-17 to team, because that probably is going to lose you some games, right? You're just... There's going to be an offense that gets you. Sure. If if the Titans are 20 in that 2017 game, how they, or even 17, it doesn't really matter. I think the X factors are Traylon Burks, Tajay Spears, and I'll sprinkle, and this may go into what we're about to talk about. If Kyle Phillips can come back and give you a reliable resource for Ryan Tannehill, Instead of 20 to 17, maybe the Titans turn into a 23 24 type team. That's yeah. the type of output. They're not going to be 27 or 32, but if Kyle Phillips or Traylon Burks can rise to the occasion and Chris Moore's been good, Chris Moore has been exactly what they signed him to do, right? Like, I'll tell you what, the, the one thing that's not sustainable is Chris Moore averaging 33 and a half yards a catch. <laughs> but he's a big play guy. Like, yeah, he, no, for he, sure. He's either going to have 53 yards or zero. <laughs> hey, real quick, side note. Uh, Zach, you remember in OTAs when I was like, Chris Moore is way more smooth than I was expecting him to be. And you're like, no, no, this is basically Josh Malone. Remember when I said that? Well, you, Chris Moore was at, was that before DeAndre Hopkins or? Pre-DeAndre out? Hopkins, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And my point was, Chris Moore, which actually solidifies my point, 
cannot be a number two wide receiver in which they signed him to well, be I, at no, the they, time. No, I, and I didn't think Chris Moore was a number two wide receiver. But that's why I, I said, said what I said, because you got to go back to the timeline, Austin. No, you I, can't sit hey, there and try to take victory laps on a timeline that, that doesn't make any sense. They, Chris was, Moore, at the time I said that, was the number two wide receiver. And it would have been disastrous if he would have been the number two guy. No, I don't disagree. And like, I, I did not think Chris Moore was an adequate free agent signing at the time either. But when I saw him in person, when I saw Chris Moore in person in camp and practice, I was like, you know what? That guy's got more juice than I totally expected. Yeah, but he would have been more like Josh Malone who'd been the number two guy. Well, I NWI, stand by my it, statement. Here's and I think we, we both figured wrong. that out. Here's where we're both wrong. NWI has been a number two receiver this whole time. Joe Rexro was right like four years ago. Anyway, all right, let's move on to this because yeah, that's not th- a that was a, that was a joke. Two, it, was a, it was a joke. It was a joke. All right, so the Titans made some interesting roster moves yesterday. Kyle Phillips, we talked about it some, was designated to return from IR. Uh, so he has his 21-day window uh, start now to be able to be activated to the roster or he goes back on IR for the rest of the year. Uh, his first day of being eligible to return from Injured reserve, he was act, he was designated to return. So that is a good deal. Then the Titans also uh, waived Mason Kinsey and offensive lineman, lineman Xavier Newman because Nicholas Petit-Frere was also reinstated by the NFL there too. So, Zach, we want to get to this question because the Titans waived Kinsey, who's been returning punts for the last couple of games. Kyle Phillips designated to return. but I'm going to take a timeout. I don't usually do this. I'm taking a timeout because okay. I don't think this is the right question for right now. Okay. I have a new question for us. Okay. New question. And it's a new question for you and the entire chat. And this is, I think, the perfect time to ask because we will be, we will find the answer. It's very simple. Is Kyle Phillips a facade? So Kyle Phillips and everybody in the chat knows this. Whoever follows the Titans, like Kyle Phillips, oh wow. He's that fast twitch wide receiver that was is going to be better than Adam Humphreys, better that, that that slot guy that they've always need. And then he came in here and got hurt. He had one good game against the Giants, and after that, he has been nothing. Now he's returning from another injury, Austin. And I'm more curious to hear your opinion, Austin, on this. Is he a facade? And to define facade, it's an outward appearance that is maintained to conceal a less pleasant, credible reality. Yeah, it, 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 an, an illusion, right? Also kind of the same thing. Is Kyle Phillips a facade? Okay, interesting. Uh, I like the question. We'll talk about it and then get your thoughts here on it as well. But first, Krebs Kubota, not a facade. Uh, they've got the Kubota line of equipment, which is the best equipment in the entire industry. Uh, and they also have the Kubota warranties. That is the best warranty in the industry. And Krebs does a fantastic job with customer service, family owned and operated for over 18 years. Uh, Krebs Kubota is an elite Kubota dealer with three locations in Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Franklin, and Columbia. Their website's KrebsKubota.com. Whenever you have an equipment need, it could be the smallest of equipment needs, a trimmer, a new mower. Maybe you've got a difficult yard. You get a hill or a ditch. You got to work around. You want a zero turn mower. You want to make your, your outdoor mowing more efficient for you. That's where you should go. KrebsKubota.com. Maybe you've got some land out there and you've got bigger projects. You need a utility vehicle. You need a, a bigger power unit. You need a tractor. Krebs has everything and they have the best of everything. KrebsKubota.com. Again, three locations, Murfreesboro, Columbia, Franklin, online, KrebsKubota.com. 
A to Z Sports were powered by BetMGM. Download the app today in your Apple or Android app store. They are the king of sportsbooks. They got great promos, great deals, new users. Use that bonus code ATOZ Sports. All right. So you'd ask the new question Is Kyle Phillips a facade? Is he just a pretty thing that looks good on the outside, but you know, there's nothing really there of substance. Uh, so I'll let you go to the chat first. Zach. Well, and I think I saw something talk about like Burks. I don't put Burks in the category of a facade because I think we've, he's just in a completely different funnel within the Titans team, right? He's a first round wide receiver draft pick. He's had production. He's had his injuries, right? So don't discredit that. But Kyle Phillips was this was this draft pick that you felt like could really help the team and has not. But he's coming back and it's like, man, can Kyle Phillips be that safety net we've always talked about for Ryan Tannehill that helps him on second down? Let's say, you know, First down they run, it's now second and eight. Can Kyle Phillips get them five yards to set up now third and three, third and two that you could put Derrick Henry back on the field and continue to roll or do play action? So I, I, we've had we've had people say yes and no, but we've we've also had a lot of Kyle Phillips has had no no productivity. And I think that's the hard part. I'm talking about like the illusion of this is a Titans conversation. If you ask, you know, somebody in America is Kyle Phillips a facade, they'd ask who the hell is Kyle Phillips, right? <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is a very close to the vest conversation, close to the situation conversation. So Austin, what do you think? Is he a facade in your opinion? Or is there yeah. going to be substance this year when he uh returns? We have we truly just have one game to go off of, and that's the that's the most difficult aspect of this is because Kyle Phillips in 2022 he played one game and it was really good. Right, that's the point. Yeah, he had he had six catches for 66 yards, I believe, uh, against the Giants in Week One, and caught the pass, then got hurt on it because he got driven into the ground into it with his shoulder to set up what should have been a game-winning field goal that was missed. Over a year ago. Yeah. And here's my here's my concern with Kyle Phillips is, you know, is he too small to stay healthy? I think he has the – I don't think he's too small to stay healthy. I just think he's gotten hurt in situations where it didn't matter who was in there, they probably would have gotten hurt. If you get driven into the ground on your shoulder like that, I don't care if you're 250 pounds. You might hurt your shoulder. If you're going to catch a punt looking up like this, you could be Traylon Burks, or, or no, that's not a good example because he gets hurt a lot too, but you could be the most, you, know, this is, you could be the, the, the Iron Man in the NFL, and if you take a shot to the knee while you're looking up to catch a punt, it's probably going to get you hurt because you're in a vulnerable spot. And but so then it I starts think, to build on each other, and you become Jake Locker, right? And you become yeah. the, the glass man. Because he's gotten hurt three times in his career. The first one was on the Giants play on his shoulder. The other two times were returning punts and vulnerable spot. I, I don't think he's a facade. I just think he's had some really bad luck because once again, this training camp before he got hurt in Minnesota in that preseason game, 
everything that Kyle Phillips had done was he was a part of the offense. And he was going out there with the, the first team and getting targets in spots. And we saw how much Tannehill trusts him. They, they, Tannehill and Phillips bonded quickly in training camp in August of 2022. There was a moment where Tannehill cussed Kyle Phillips out for doing the wrong thing on a third and goal simulation. And from that moment on, Kyle Phillips did the right thing every time. And Tannehill got on his ass and it never happened again. And then you saw what happened in week one. Tannehill went to him and I, I got to have a play situation. And Phillips made the play. Bullock missed the kick. I don't think of a, I don't think he's a facade. I think Kyle Phillips can help this team. Obviously have to say help. I think he is more of a facade than a stable ground. And it's very little, as you I mean, said, you only got one sample size. Yeah. It's easy to uh, say that, unfortunately. So I, yeah, I, I, I've got to go more of a facade than not. Uh, I, I'm now to the point I believed it before now, Austin, and this is not a good thing is that now I've, I'll believe it when I see it, you know? So that's, that's kind of how my feeling is of his return is my expectations have, have, have dropped um, considerably. Let's get to some super chats yeah. before um, we get to our end of show, throwing shade. I don't know if you've read Kane's, uh, Kane says, uh, no, please give us your definition of the world elite. Y'all say this way too much to describe players who aren't that by actual definition. Uh, elite players. So, Kane, okay, that's a fair comment. Players who are not elite can play elite at times. Does it justify them being elite, right? So, or, elite. Or they can have a skill set that is elite in that category, but overall, they are not an elite player. Correct. So I don't know, Kane, you'd have to follow up and say, y'all say this way too much described. I don't know the example. Who are we describing? I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Corey Davis, uh, a favorite target of yours on this show. Corey Davis, nowhere near elite as a wide receiver. But you know what? Corey Davis was an elite downfield blocker, right? At a time. At no, a point in time, look at go look at the drop off of Derrick Henry big touchdown runs with Corey Davis blocking downfield and without it. There's a lot with Corey and none really without him. And AJ was really good there too. AJ elite blocking downfield, but also elite doing yeah, everything. A lot else. of that is circumstantial. But my whole again, my point is that's it. Corey Davis nowhere near elite as a player, but dude is elite at blocking downfield and keeping pace with Derrick Henry on an 80 yard touchdown run and allowing that thing to finish. That's the example, right? So uh, that's I extreme, don't know but it works. Kane has followed that up with an example of what has been said, but um, that that's what that is. Ryan says, Zach rank the three wide receivers, Kenny Britt, Corey Davis Burks, as far as busts. Burks is not a bust. So like he, yeah. once I form an opinion on who's a bust, then you'll know. All right, Ryan. So that's fair. So Burks, I can't really put into that scenario. Kenny Britt had a long sustainable career. He had unfortunate where he tore his ACL against the Broncos and that really halted his momentum as a Titan, but he had 
he had better years as a Ram than Corey Davis is going to have. So yeah. well, Corey, Corey Davis is a bigger bust than Kenny Britt. And Corey Davis, as I remind everyone, was a top five overall NFL pick. Yeah. Five. Uh, yeah. He was the five and best player in the draft in some people's opinion. And that is ridiculous. So uh, that's a tough spot, Ryan. Uh, Kenny Britt, 30th pick overall in 20, uh, 2009 draft. Kenny Britt had over 5,000 career receiving yards and 32 touchdowns. Corey Davis in his career had, had uh, 3,800 career yards and 17 touchdowns. So, um, you know, about 13, 1,400 yards less receiving and almost half as few of touchdowns for now. Corey Burks Davis. has got to get on board and start, you know. I mean, Kenny Britt had a 1,000-yard season with the Rams in 2016. And then that he was played... You remember uh, Hard Knocks? Uh, that may have been it when he uh, flipped over the go-kart. Yeah. See, here's Kenny Britt's problem. He's just an Kenny idiot. Britt. <laughs> He's just an <laughs> no, no, idiot. No, no. There you go. Kenny Britt's problem is always Kenny Britt. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Britt had 700 yards as a rookie. Then he had followed up with in 12 games with 775 as, as second year. Then he got off to a killer start. He had 290 yards in the first three games, his third year, and tore his ACL in the middle of the third game. And so that's where that derailed and it never really got back on track. Uh, but then he figured it out there at damn near 30 years old uh, with the Rams uh, in 2016. So there's that answer. You got any yep. other super chats? Nope, that was it. Uh, yeah, and I, I look, Kane hasn't responded back of examples. Give, give us some receipts. Who do we think that is elite that you don't think is elite, Kane? I, I'm I'm open for the conversation. I just I gotta get the receipts. Yeah, I don't I don't remember us having a, a comment today where we called somebody elite. Here you go. I'll give you an example where Kane can do a little victory dance. But I admitted my wrongs. Last year I said Russell Wilson was still an elite quarterback. And I was dead ass wrong on that. I, I'm right here. I remember that. So, but I also admitted that. Give me, I, I need some more examples of like elite that are not elite. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, A to Z Sports, uh, as we maybe wait for Kane, uh, let's go ahead and throw some shade. I think we've got some uh, strong shade, including story time uh, from Zach back when he was in middle school, throwing shade every Tuesday here on A to Z Sports. Shout out Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process. See our friend Payne Bone and his team in Lebanon or online at Wilson County Hyundai for that new ride. Save some money by going to Wilson County Hyundai. Once again, WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Uh, Zach, do you want to – I know you've got now two shades technically, so we could shade sandwich this thing um, with a story. Yeah, let's do the shade sandwich. I'll start <clears throat> with my uh, eighth-grade story. Okay. Uh, so look, I don't claim to be, I've never been a good student and I'm not sitting here saying I was not a good test taker. I, I just didn't care. Uh, that was the reason why I was not a good student. I kind of knew what I wanted to do and algebra and Latin were not in the cards for it. So, uh, in eighth grade, I got a 69.4 final mm. grade in Latin. So 69.4 was one-tenth of a point away from a 69.5, which would round up 
on our grading scale to get a 70 to pass the class and go to high school. So I petitioned, if you understand my personality now, I'm the exact same person as an eighth grader, okay? It's probably hard to rap, but I was just as disruptive, loud, obnoxious, however you want to call it, right? So I went to the principal and petitioned that that was BS. I got my parents involved too. I mean, I, I, I was one-tenth of a point. The principal, who I had a relationship with for other reasons, but I, you know, you know, was in there pretty often. And I was like, look, I need one-tenth of a point. He said it is up to REITs to decide. Well, REITs decided, no, I was going to summer school that summer to get into mm. high school. He was not going to give me the tenth of a point. Well, that pissed me off. So what I did, summer school that year was three weeks, right? You have three weeks of Latin which is the most ridiculous thing in all of the world because nobody uses Latin. Latin, it was, it was basically a, a dumb class in that sense. So I go to summer school. So what <laughs> you I chose to, to take do, the dumb class, <laughs> didn't you? No, was it a requirement? No oh. Yeah, it's a requirement. No so, Spanish? Yeah, well, I, would, I would never no, choose. No Espanol? You get, you get, no, this was back in the day, Austin. You got to remember, this is... Spanish came the following year. So we didn't have Spanish, right? Uh, I don't they should have fired that. the Latin. Teacher I was taking Spanish in like third grade. Yeah. Well, that, that wasn't the case uh, back in my day. So summer school is three weeks. I just to prove this dumb MF or wrong. I get done with summer school and complete the course in two weeks. I do this on purpose. Again, my problem is just like, if I care, I will give you 100%. If I don't care, I won't. So I, I, to prove him wrong, I got two weeks. I was complete with the course. I would pass. I could, I could leave. So I went to the principal, back to the principal, and I said, look, I've completed this course within two weeks. Can I please leave? Like, I don't need to come back. The principal, who actually is no longer with us, he passed away. And I didn't have a problem with the principal. My problem was is that he couldn't make a decision. He put it in Reitz's hands. And Reitz decided that I had to stay for the third week of summer school. And so I sat there for a week. I don't, I'm never going to get that time in my life back. I sat there for a full week. I have to go there for that period of time every single day and do nothing. I'd already passed the course. So that is my frustration shade on the eighth grade situation that I had to go through. I'll never forget that. Do I hold a grudge? Absolutely. And I think it's ridiculous. So when I see REITs, I get triggered. And so REITs, who is in the chat, um, I'm glad you're not associated. Yeah. Uh, hey, just because you clinched the playoffs with four games left doesn't mean you don't have to play the four games, right? That's basically what happened there too. Uh, Andre says, Zach sounds like him in school. Uh, throwing shade here live. I'll get to my throwing shade here in a second. Uh, Jay says, throwing shade on the New York Giants abysmal offensive line last night, giving up 11 sacks to an average defense. Ugh, pretty big, uh, gross everything there. Um, let's see. I don't know what Kevin's Turning point. Is. It was 3-14, to 14 yeah. and Daniel Jones throws that pick six. I had the Giants plus two, and that killed me. I don't know if yeah. that would have mattered. Uh, Devin says, throwing shade on kids that took Latin instead of Spanish. Uh, Ryan gives a super chat shade. He says, my shade's on Sam for not reading comments 
on his show Titans at two yesterday. Literally no one's comments were read. Well, I'll talk to Sam and see if uh, we can figure that out thing for uh, Thursday when Titans two uh, comes on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bork's got a shade for Ole Miss fans. Shade on the dumb Ole Miss fan running the field saying F LSU at three at players three times his size and then whining like a spoiled my daddy is an attorney when he messed around and then found out. What I don't know what happened here. So I'll I will follow up with Bork Shade. I'll throw shade on the Ole Miss student section because I was there and I thought it was atrocious that they were throwing beer cans and water bottles and they kept doing it. Was it a bad call? Yes, it was a bad call. It was not a touchdown by the LSU player. RG3, who is annoying in his own right, was even saying that same thing. I went back and watched the broadcast because I was curious. But shade on Ole Miss students. I was embarrassed. And I I felt like an old man who's 36 that was alumni being like, what the hell are we doing? But I did feel that way. I was like, what are we doing? Stop. Like, you're not funny. I know you're drunk. I know you're going to go back to you know fraternity row and try to pick up sorority girls. Like I get it. I know the lifestyle. Don't throw beer cans or water bottles onto the field, and they they would not stop. So I'll double down on Bork Shade. Yeah, on that. I, I want to add on to that too. Where's uh, Pat Forty, Dan Wolken, David Oven, and they're all of their columns blasting Ole Miss for being uh, you know a, an atrocity for all of college fans for throwing stuff on the field. Oh my gosh, Tennessee fans are so awful. Well, yeah, there was no golf balls thrown, to be fair. Or mustard bottles, <laughs> uh, I guess, there, too. Um, you know, Lane says, throwing shade, uh, buying clothes online, and the company sending the wrong size. That that sucks. Um, my shade, Zach, is normally I, like Miles Teller in that commercial, I can get down with some hold music if it's the right hold music. But Walgreens, Zach, has the worst hold music situation I have ever experienced. And I will never get the 12 minutes back that I had lost yesterday because Walgreens, I was on hold trying to see if my prescription was ready for my allergy medicine. As we all know about my allergies, Walgreens, every 15 seconds, I timed it every 15 seconds. We're sorry. Our staff is answering other calls. Please hold on. And we'll be with you shortly. 15 seconds later. We're sorry. Our staff is answering other calls. Please hold on and we'll be with you shortly. I was on hold for 12 minutes. I heard that every 15 seconds and I added up. That took five seconds, 15 seconds at three times a minute. That's 36 times. I heard that automated voice say, we're sorry. Our staff is answering other calls. Please hold on and we'll answer your call shortly. That is why every 15 seconds. What? Why? Nobody needs that. It's once a minute. It's cool, man. Like I just. Let me not be annoyed by something that hit happened. Nothing should happen every 15 seconds. Nothing in this world needs to happen every 15 seconds. That's too much. I don't care what it is. Nothing needs to happen that often. Terrible. I agree. I've been, I've heard that. I've heard that. And I thought the same thing. I was, and you can't, you're waiting, right? So you, you're waiting for the cue and it's miserable. So I I agree I agree with that. Uh, let's see here. Kane responds back because we asked him to. Uh, Kane says, Mahomes would be considered elite. Burrow isn't. So how can both be the same when both haven't played, achieved the same level? Um, oh, this was in, in 
uh, what Kane was talking about yesterday when he was like, oh, the media, when you guys said when the schedule came out that Burrow was elite, but he's not. Well, and we, Joe we, Burrow is hurt, Kane. Right, Do you not right. understand? Like, Joe Burrow is hurt. Kane, are you the best version of Kane when you're sick? Huh? No, I, I would ask you that. The answer is no. I'll answer it for you. It's rhetorical. So Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback or has played at an elite level in his short career, but right now he's not playing an elite level because he is hurt. So you can have that. But how many players? I mean, he went to a Super Bowl within his first two years, but three years of, of playing – you know, that, I think you'd have a hard argument with the Burrow thing. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Some more shade. Um, People are now listing things that are okay to happen every 15 seconds, like compressions for CPR and breathing. <laughs> so pretty good. Andre says, shade on the gym for playing love music and pop music. I don't want to hear Mary, Mary J. Blige, Taylor Swift, and Britney Spears while working out. I mean, there's a few uh, songs from those people that would be appropriate at the gym, but not the full catalogs. And then All right, Zach, do you, do you want to go with your male shade? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, somebody said, I think you need to address Dylon. I can't see Dylon. Uh, oh, uh, was he throwing shade at how you say his name? Who Dylon? Yes. Oh yeah. Dylon, 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 Dylon. That's it's Dylon. <laughs> I know, just like Zatch, right? It's Dylon. Dylon and Zatch. <laughs> it's forever Dylon. Uh, yeah. All right, here's my shade. And I I kept this because this is ridiculous. And you see this more and more. And if Dylon is too young, look up Dylon and go watch the full Chappelle Show's episode. Because sometimes you may be too young, you never watch the Chappelle Show. But go watch that episode and the, the dots will connect. All right, here's my shade. It's male like this, okay? And I'm going to call out this, this individual person who sent me this mail because I think it's effing ridiculous and they need to stop. Just like the 15 seconds. So this is a piece of mail and this says, uh, I'll see if I can go with it. Personal and confidential business yeah. mail. Penalty for tampering, right? Yep. And it, it has like the official important information enclosed. It also has like this backing, right? It looks kind of like a government document or something sure. that you would receive. It even has the, you know, you tear you off this tear side the three of, pieces. Yeah. Yeah. The two pieces. So you, this is how you open it up. You tear it off to yeah. open it up. Well, so you, know, you open it up. You're like, oh, wow. Maybe is, is this the IRS saying that I'm going to get, you know, I'm, I got a penalty. Is this, what, what is this? No. It opens up and it's stupid about some insurance stupid premium for $522.60. Just call me. This is the biggest load of effing trash you could send to a person. You're trying. It is. You talk about a facade. Here's the theme of the show. That's a mother effing facade. Don't send the government looking documents. And the other thing I just threw it in the insert of it's a $10 free gift card. Why would we take the time for $10 to talk to your dumbass? So that is my shade. It drives me up the wall that anybody would want to get a hold of somebody by faking a government looking piece of mail. I hate mail anyway, but when I see that, I think it's so ridiculous. 
my my blood is at an all-time high when I when I opened that and I said, look, I, I've got to address this on the show. So I saved that from last week. I didn't call the dude out, but he needs to be called out. Quit it. Here's the problem. <clears throat> it, it obviously works or they wouldn't spend money no, to do it. paper bait. <laughs> there you go. Uh, look, Scott. Scott, you're getting the love of the show, Scott. Uh, this is a full-fledged clap for Scott. Yeah. That is paper bait. Complete and utter paper bait. And we can't, we don't tolerate paper bait. So anti-paper bait on this show. All right. Uh, jo- uh, Danny says Joe Burrow is the Christian McCaffrey quarterbacks when healthy guy. I don't know about that. But uh, then Kane's coming back. Kane's not letting it go. Mahomes played through an injury and won, but Burrow gets the excuse of an injury. Which player seems more elite? Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback than Joe Burrow. What are you freaking talking about, Kane? Freaking like chill, dude. Like it just, it's okay. Like no, Joe, Joe Burrow is not the number one quarterback in the NFL when healthy. That belongs to Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow makes more money because his contract came up in that line. And that's why he got paid more. Patrick Mahomes will get his money too. He got half a billion freaking dollars from the Chiefs. Nobody's ever said that. Well, yeah, who are like, you arguing with, Kane? To, to compare. And here's the other Patrick Mahomes played hurt in the Super Bowl. With a completely different injury than what Joe Burrow currently has. Like, ah. these are apples and Florida oranges all the way down in Florida. This is not even close. So, I think I think the point is, is that Kane does not believe in Joe Burrow. So, we are on record. Kane is not a Joe Burrow guy. You want we'll, we'll tab that? Sure. Let's tab. Yeah. There you go. Hey, look. Patrick Mahomes... Wasn't exactly lead on uh, Sunday, was he? But he was when he needed to be. He so, won. yes, he was. No, he, he was not elite up until the point where he needed to be elite, and he was elite to win the game. And he won the game single-handedly. No other player helped the Chiefs win that game besides Patrick Mahomes. This is just so – Kane, man, just dying on this hill 499 at a time. It's fine with me. It works – uh, but hey, we'll be live tomorrow on a Wednesday. Uh, Buck Rising will be live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime. Sam and I have a good topic ready uh, for the Titans uh, topic lead tomorrow. So get ready for that. We'll see you then. But before you head out of here, like the show before you go. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up like button. We need that. That helps us out, makes the conversation bigger and better. And we'll see you guys on a Wednesday. Appreciate it as always.